Hi, welcome to Unscripted by Twine. I'm Diana Rao, and I'm your host. In this podcast, my guests choose from a library of deep and thought-provoking questions, and we just talk about it for 15 or 20 minutes. Our hypothesis is that as long as we choose meaningful questions, we'll end up in a conversation worth having. As Carl Sagan says, we make our world significant by the courage of our questions and the depth of our answers. Ready? Let's go. Cool. Okay, so welcome to another episode of Unscripted, and I'm very excited to have my new friend Chitra with me here today. Chitra, welcome to the show. Thank you, and thank you for having me. Um, it was really, it was really exciting when you said we we should do this. I was like, yes, absolutely. It's it's not it's not a thing that's done enough. I think. I know. Well, especially because there's no preparation involved, so it makes this all the more fun. It's sort of like uh, playing Russian roulette with questions, right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm completely like, oh my god. But we'll just see. We'll just go with it. <laughs> You're amazing. I mean, I've I loved your energy since the first time we had a conversation. So I'm just very excited for this. Um, and this is going to be unique because we have some questions that we've selected, and they're kind of like the really intense questions. And you can also cool. throw in other questions you're interested in in talking about. And we'll just go back and forth. So this is going to be great. Cool. All right. Is there one that you want to start with, or do you, do you want me to just toss one at you? See how it goes. Um, so I, I I thought yeah we can go with the first one. All right. Um, Let's start with the big question. Uh, one of the biggest questions of all time, which is, um, do you love yourself? <laughs> you know, it's, it's, first of all, it's not the kind of, you know, when, when you meet someone, you go, oh, do you love yourself? Like, it's not the kind of question you expect. But, um, uh, but when, you, when, you, when you sent it to me today, I thought, mm, wow, this is going to be interesting to answer. But um, the answer is, yes with notes uh mm. so uh and the reason for me saying that is because it's been a bit of a journey um i think that it, i know it's not just personal and a lot of uh women go through this um with sort of like ebbs and flows of it um where you know when you're when you're young and i mean very very young so when you're a toddler or when you're when you're in school um you don't necessarily pick up on on a lot of things in the environment until a lot later and that's when you hit your teens right and the reason i uh that that is so true for me is because um when i was uh, a toddler and honestly i still am <laughs> what people what people would refer to as a tomboy which i find is a very strange thing to call someone like what is that but um so i was, I was a tomboy um and you know i i'd like to i'd like to rock a pair of uh uh sweats rather than uh be in a little uh pink dress that kind of thing and and um i was cool with myself but somehow uh along the way and when i also discovered i had pcos which is polycystic ovarian syndrome um it was around 12 and a half i got diagnosed so i then started growing hair like facial hair uh but it was like a male pattern type of hair growth um so it was a lot more than you would think and i think when when you're in school and um kids are also very curious and sometimes uh there's a certain amount of teasing and yeah. you know uh 
you can call it bullying, but I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I'm way past that. So I, I probably, you know, and, and maybe I shouldn't just, just brush it over because it's important for other people to hear. But I guess when, when you are, um, when you find yourself being slightly different, because we talked about being different in group settings the last time mm -hmm. as well, um, for different reasons, of course, that was race related. Mm -hmm. uh, but when you start to realize that women seem to have um this there this sort of um pressure i would say from society because of different beauty standards and things like that that you start to maybe question whether you do love yourself because you think it's meant to be outside in mm -hmm. where it should quite possibly be inside, inside out um and so i think it took a long time for me to realize that you know i i shouldn't let myself get conditioned rather it's better to get to love myself from within therefore conditioning other people on how to treat me mm. that makes sense mm -hmm. um so when i say it's been a journey i think it's i think not un, not until i was about not that it was a definitive moment exactly but i'm gonna say around 22 mm. was when i started an acceptance and um, yeah, an acceptance uh, of myself, but also um, an, an appreciation of myself. And that's when it that's when it really hit me that actually, you know what, I've got some things to give this world, and it's it's not just it's not just the physical side. I mean, you know, and and also, what is you know, why would you just love yourself based on the outside? Mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. so that's a that's a roundabout answer how about you how what, what has this been for you oh gosh i mean first of all i just am processing everything that you just shared with me it's just it's incredible um it's incredible i have so many questions uh, i'll answer this and then we'll, we'll go for it, go for it. I'm, 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 I'm open to these things so yeah so i think um i uh, I really do quite a lot love myself now, but it took so long. It took so long to get here. It took 29 years, you know, and I only yeah. just started loving myself like a year ago. Uh, <laughs> right. And before that, I didn't even understand what that meant. Like self-care, self-trust. What does this mean? People kept saying this, like, love yourself. All I'm just like, I don't understand what this means. Um, yeah. And I a hundred percent resonate with this sort of external validation journey. I was, I'm an extrovert. And so for 29 years, I was chasing everyone's validation and I managed to mask it pretty well. Just like just being a, a decently intellectual human being and learning, you know, like to try to <laughs> tricking myself into believing that wasn't why. But, um, but it's, uh, it's wild. Actually, this morning I was sitting down and I just, I was thinking, I was reading uh, Naruto's love sonnets and I was thinking about writing a, a poem on love. And then I was thinking, well, who shall be my muse? And then I thought, I think I'm going to make myself the muse and the subject of this yep. love poem. I wrote myself a love sonnet and it is probably one of my favorite things I've ever written. And it was just the most delightful thing because you start realizing that all this romantic poetry that we grow up on, the love songs that are directed towards someone else, why aren't they to yourself? Yeah. You know, so I've been sitting here kind of rereading and rethinking all this love literature being like, what if that poem was actually me to me? But, um, but it's been a, it's been a while. Yeah. I feel like people aren't totally taught how to do that. That's why. 
definitely not. Definitely not. You know, and it's a funny thing. I don't really do astronomy or astrology or whatever this sort of stuff is, but I'm a Gemini and um, yeah. saying go, is, are you a Gemini as well? Uh, I'm an Aquarian. Okay. So this would be fascinating, but the, the way it goes is like, there's three stages of Gemini's. There's sleeping Gemini's awakening and awakened. And the sleeping Gemini is searching externally for the twin. I feel like I was told my whole life there was some external twin out there. I kept wondering why relationships were failing, right? It was like, gosh, I, I need to be made whole. But the thing is, until it's like now that I found out that my Gemini twin that I've been searching for my entire life is actually inside me, the yeah. way I love, the way I can give is completely different because it comes from a place not of need, but of um, just pure gratitude. You know, I appreciate what others have to give to me, but I don't need it. You know, that need, that needs internal. So it's just a wild transformation. And I just, I just can't believe it took so long. I wish it was earlier. You know, I wish this came. I totally expect to hear the sonnet, by the way. Yeah. You've got to share it. Oh my gosh. Right now. <laughs> All right. Well, you know what is vulnerability? Oh my gosh. I don't even know. I'm, I'm going to share this now. I can, don't even know if I can publish this episode. Okay, here we go. So. <laughs> Okay, I mean, it's kind of, it's, it's a whole thing. All right, love sonnet itself. I'm, I'm, I'm all for it, go on. Okay, whew, didn't expect we called out on that one. All right, love sonnet itself. I spent decades searching the universes for you, seeking and failing, wanting to find that deepest trust, the love that would last forever. And each time I failed because I was searching outward when what I was looking for was me all along. More than a muse, more than an object of anyone's affections, I was always an ellipsis for others, some kind of incomplete until becoming whole on my own. The greatest irony of love is you must become your own greatest love first, and from that truest love, your ability to give love to others becomes asymptotic because it no longer comes from a place of naked need, but from a place of gratitude. Shakespeare and Neruda, all the love sonnets, the love letters, the love poems, and all of history, read them as if they were written from me to you, because that, in the end of days, is how I feel about you. I love waking up every morning with you, finding awe and wonder in the rising sun, moving languid like a tigress, joy at the power of our body, this temporal vessel that for today we encapsulate, appreciate, inhabit, and experience to our fullest possibilities. Tomorrow we may not have this any longer, but no matter, because when we did, we did it all. I love the inextricable interweaving of your curiosity and compassion that finds novelty in the old, gratitude for the new, and growth no matter the circumstances that feels so intensely and deeply the pain and suffering of this world, and we must always, especially when it hurts, and also finds it impossible not to act in proximity of injustice, so get closer. I love that for my biggest questions, the answers that matter most at the end of the day is yours, because the person I trust most in this world is you, and I'm sorry it took so damn long to figure that out, but we're there now, darling. I love your openness, your immense vulnerability with others, yet we share a secret. That there is a last mile only you and I share, something that is wholly ours, something that despite all our love of communication, we just don't need to communicate, because some things are meant to be just ours and don't need to be explained to the rest of the world. Because I know you, and I've been there every second of your life with you. I don't need you to explain anything to me. I am you. I am here from the beginning to the end of your days, from your first breath to your last. I'll never leave you. I'll never run from you. This is what forever really means. This is what unconditional really means. I don't just accept you. I revel in you. I'm in awe of you, and I find you to be wondrous. You finally found me, and I'll never stop loving you. Whoa. <laughs> That's, wow. That's I intense. Read it out loud. I haven't even read it out loud once. I just wrote it this morning. Oh, how God. did it feel to read it? When you actually, because you haven't read it out loud, so how did it feel to actually hear it yourself? Um, but I, I'm like literally tearing up, right? It's like really, I can, I can so 
it's like it's like really emotional you know um it's it's just we're not trained to do this like i just wonder what would have happened if and it was such an interesting moment this morning because I was really thinking like, oh gosh, I'm so inspired by these sonnets. I feel like I want to write about someone I love. And then I was just like, why is it always external? Like, why do I just write about me? <laughs> you know? Yeah. So it's a wild. That, that is amazing. That was incredible. I actually like, because every, every other line you, you, you read out loud, I, I thought, wow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> me too. Me too. <laughs> like, um, right? Yeah, yeah. There's something there. I think. And I'm curious how much gender does or doesn't play into this. Um, because I, I just, yeah. wonder, right? I wonder about, we're so hard on ourselves as women. It's just like such a never ending cycle. And so, yeah. you know. Well, that, that's where it comes, you know, sometimes there's this thing of like having to live up, live up to expectations and then whose expectations are those exactly? Um, are they set by yourself? Are they set by someone who's taught you? Are they set by something you read in the media? Is it by, you know, the beauty industry? Is it by your own, edu you know, educators? Where does this come from? Why, why is it that when we're really tiny, we don't have these inhibitions, but suddenly as we grow older, we do? Mm, um, yeah. You know, yeah. because that your nature, it's like nature versus nurture type of situation. How did that happen? How did you turn that this way? I mean, absolutely when I have a question for you now when when do you feel as if um how do you show yourself love like how how do you create how do you love yourself um I think it comes in 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 various forms sometimes it's literally taking care of your physical health and it's not because of anything else but just because it makes you feel better um so if that's like me putting on some really loud music and having a boogie in my house. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> then that's, that's, that, you know, that, that is my way of self-love um, and, or eating really well. And I'm like, yes. And I've taken the time to prepare this amazing, healthy meal. And then followed by, Oh, now I want chips, but you know, uh, but, <laughs> but Hey, you know, even if, if, even if that is, Oh, well, now I'm treating myself because, because, uh, I've had these amazing healthy meals now I, now I deserve a treat you know that's my way of saying okay you know be good to yourself um but also I think I don't know it's a strange one and I know this is something that has come up um, on twine before but sometimes I think just listening to things that are uplifting is a way of giving myself that affection if that makes sense mm -hmm. so and this could be anything from um, praying, so listening to either praying out loud or listening to some kind of chanting or some kind of uh, soothing music or something that's slightly more spiritual or, or you know, it, 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 it nourishes you a little bit. Mm. And I think that's something that is very frequently ignored. Um, it could just be meditation, you know, it's the same thing really, right? It's nourishing. So, um, so I think that is a way of me giving myself up. And also, also, I think that you get to a point where, so sometimes you get a little down your, on yourself, right? Yeah. You hear something, someone tells you something, or, they, or you hear an opinion of yourself. And <laughs> very often the, the, the inclination is to, um, is to say, oh, well, this is what I'm worth then, mm. right? 
Mm, yeah. Or this is what I must be worth. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. However, um, so through some of my, I'm going to say self-development education, so through some of that, um, I've learned it's really what you make it mean. Right? Yeah. So I could say, you're crazy. I could be joking and that's totally fine. But I could say it with a bit of venom in my, in my tone. And when you hear something like that, you might think, mm, am I really? Mm. Maybe. Um, but if I do process it the way I normally would with a bit of an, uh, a, a bit of a, I don't know if it's, it's my education. So it's my life's education that, um, that allows me to say, hang on a second. <laughs> this is your opinion. Mm -hmm. but this is who I am. Mm -hmm. I'm not crazy. Mm -hmm. So that's it. Mm -hmm. Of course you do have, again, down moments. So you've got to, you've got to catch yourself in those situations i think how about you how do you deal with it oh um okay so when someone says something quite negative to me uh my practice is usually to f think about oh gosh what's making them feel that way like maybe mm. they've had a really terrible day um i don't mm. think that what people say about you is necessarily a reflection of you 90 percent of the time it's like a reflection of whatever mood they're in or if they're angry at someone else or their own tensions um and I just come back to center. So I think in the past, I probably was very moved by things like that, people's opinion. Mm. And even now, I think, you know, even now I'm still working on this. I wonder if things have shifted. This has been a relatively recent shift for me, but one of the reasons I was so terrified of going into politics, like uh, when I was in my early twenties, which was originally what I went to school for and my dream yeah. um, was that fear of being so hated by so many people. <laughs> um, and, and I had sort of been thinking like, how do I develop a thicker skin? Because they're just going to be things that people don't like about me. And I have to be okay with that. Right. Mm. And I think, you know, I actually haven't revisited the topic of politics very seriously. Um, but I feel like now it might be okay because if I can really, I was, gonna, I was just going to say, I think you need to, I want you to, and I think <laughs> you need to. <laughs> oh my gosh. You know, this is the craziest thing about these types of conversations, right? Because literally I have friends who are like, how would you, how, why would you ever put all your thoughts on the internet like this, like into mm -hmm. the world? Because it's just every single thing you put out publicly is an opportunity to be crucified in the future. Yeah. Um, and so I, yeah, I've, I've been trying to figure out like for years how to be bulletproof, but this might actually be the solution. Cause now that I'm talking to you about this, I'm sort of realizing that even if someone, like if someone were to say something absolutely insane about me, I just feel like, okay, that's like how they feel, right? It's how they feel. It's a product of their worldview and their experiences, but I know who I am. So I don't really care. And I don't think that's, this would have been true a year ago if we had this conversation. Yeah. Well, I think that's the thing, right? Cause you, it's, it's like, how one says you, you you experience people through your own lens and it's the same the other way around they experience you through their own mm -hmm. lens but again then again you teach people how to treat you which goes back to the i know we're going back now but that's fine um you teach people um how to treat you based on how you treat yourself mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right so if you treat yourself with self-respect and all of that then one knows that you're what you know you're not going to just be trampled over or, or, or whatever um 
whereas whereas you find that and, and, and I know that this isn't always um, set in stone because yes people can be treated unfairly so it's not to not to um, say that doesn't happen mm -hmm. but I think it's exactly that when we don't voice things or address things and things are left to um, like you brush something under the carpet uh, I don't know how much of I don't know how much dust the carpet can hold but at some point you then explode right mm. so that's that's why um i think it's really important to throughout life empower people because i i know one of your questions was was about power and whenever one of you felt yeah. most powerless yeah um and uh i would love to hear your answer to that question <laughs> well yeah i mean i'll get into that in a second but i, but I think uh god i lost my train of thought um <laughs> Uh, I think it's, yeah, I think it's just, you know, when you're not being true to yourself and you know you a, maybe deserve better or the person in front of you deserves better, it's, it's, it's worth speaking out. And that's, I will, I will now address the, the when have you felt most powerless because it ties in. Because um, I was thinking about it, when have I felt most powerless? And the thing is, I don't think it's just one occasion, but I think there are situations that make me feel like powerless and i think it's when i'm not able to stand up for something um sometimes you're not directly um involved in a situation mm. and that's possibly why but you so i'll give you a vague example but also kind of specific so think of yourself in a in a workspace um and you've been told an incident has occurred between two colleagues for example and it could be anything it could be some kind of bullying, some kind of inequality, some kind of racism, some kind of sexism. Okay. When you're not meant to know about the situation, but you, but you're, but you now know what it's about and you haven't been able to stand up for them. Those are the kinds of situations where I feel very powerless. When I see situations of discrimination mm. that I can't do anything about, some kind of bullying where someone is being treated less than i'm always like and and they may not even be the underdog as such but they're being treated differently also going back to being treated different in group settings too yeah. um and inherently all, all all that should be happening is people should be treated kindly right yeah so when that doesn't happen and it's unsolicited i feel very powerless Mm. Um. And are these circumstances in which you don't feel like you have her, uh, it's your role to intervene or how, how do you think about that in terms of seeing something? Well, yeah, go ahead. I think um, sometimes you find out about something when you're not supposed to know. Okay. Yeah. Right. That's one of them. Um, but yes, yeah, sometimes it isn't your your, I don't know if it's fair to say it isn't your place to intervene, but if it's between two people, then you are a third party. Mm -hmm. However, I am known to stand up to things and be like, you were wrong. <laughs> that was wrong. <laughs> like, you can't treat people unfairly. Um, you know, um, 
and we can we can sort of shift this a little bit it doesn't have to be in the workplace i mean it can be like speaking to someone in uh someone of the generation above us in our own families about like you know their um their misconceptions about a certain race or community and things like that and calling them out on it but still being you know fairly polite but firm to mm. say you cannot presume or assume that this is what they're like mm -hmm. your experience of them comes from 50 years ago when something happened totally legit at that point because you were going through something exceptional but a few generations down to think that we can brandish an entire race or community in a certain way mm. i don't think so. what's uh, the can you um Chichari, can you think of an example of um an instance where you feel proud of how you stood up for something you believed in and it was sort of difficult for you to do it but you did it anyway <laughs> Ooh. um that's a good laugh. like which one how many <laughs> tell me um, all of them, <laughs> all of them. Yeah, i love that you have many i mean that speaks to your character you know it speaks to my character um Ooh, depends on how deep we're going. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna start with um, race for for now, yeah. and then we'll go into something else that that uh, that actually is is really relevant. Um, so we were on the dining table, and I was having a conversation with a family member, and uh, I have quite a large family, so um, I'm not I'm not gonna say specifically whom, but um, but you know something was said and and a certain community was said, oh, but they're all like that. Mm. And I said, all of them. And so the response was, yeah, yeah, totally, all of them. And I was like, you've met all of them? Mm. Uh, and they were like, no, but they're all like that. And I, and I said, mm, about millions of people of, of, of that particular community exist in this world. Um, you've met all of them. I said it again. Um, and uh, they're like, oh, but you don't know. I was like, no, I know. Because some of my, you know, various family members or best friends actually also belong to that sector community. And they're nothing like that. So can you give me an instance where very recently you've experienced a person of that community this way um it wasn't much of an answer because i think i had the point had landed mm. at that point that at that juncture um so yeah that i've had quite a few um conversations like that over time and sometimes you find it's not even just generational it's even within our own generations and you you then discover um the kind of uh mindsets that people carry around without saying too much until they feel threatened and then you think oh so this is what you've been thinking all this time <laughs> um it's like with the blm protests right suddenly people in my own friend circle said a few things to me and i was like i'm sorry and I, I brought this up with you the last time. Um, the person in question said to me, what is their agenda? What are they looking for? 
And I said, they're looking to be treated like a human, just the way you are. Mm. Yeah, but what do they want? What are their demands? What are you? <laughs> I don't need to tell you how not to, how not to, um, you know, treat someone. You, you're an educated person. You know exactly what, uh, how the world goes around. You, you work in an, in a in a multicultural, multinational company. Mm. Oh, but this doesn't happen in my company. It doesn't happen in your company. But it totally happens and occurs and is a reality that other people are living every day. So it's, it's those kinds of instances. Uh, so I actually had this to and fro over a Facebook thread, would you believe? Oh. Uh, uh, but it was, uh, I mean, it, it was basically trying to um i was just trying to be honest mm -hmm. and highlight the fact that you know i am also a person of color mm -hmm. um now i but i i can never do the you know I, I i can't say all lives matter because i know that's not the premise here mm -hmm. i'm not going through what my black friends go through and that's that's, that's just the truth and I've lived in Ghana, so I know it. And I know that many of them who then left Ghana and went on to live in, the play, in places like the UK or the States or whatever, have really uh, developed some fears around being treated unfairly. So there's, there is a part of me that must speak about these, speak out about these situations uh, when I can. So if I was most proud, uh, it would be the situations when I've been able to, when I've been able to actually voice my opinion on it and, and perhaps maybe make some headway as well. Mm -hmm. The making headway bit, I like the way you asked questions with your family member versus lecturing, right? The question mm -hmm. asking is, is the way to sort of get the point across um, and let them come to their own conclusions. Do you feel like yeah. you have been successful in Elevating consciousness, let's just call it, changing people's minds. I'm not a magician, but I think I've, I think I've definitely uh, rocked some boats. And um, I think because of that, their, their way of thinking, even though I think deep down sometimes, you know, Sometimes it's it's harder when when they're when they're older, but uh, but I think there has been a consciousness um, awoken a little bit, um, where at least in front of me they know they won't get away with uh, they won't get away with um, certain certain comments. But also I think they also are aware, are aware now that you know now more than ever. And we're, we're living through a pandemic, which I know we haven't actually talked about, but we're living through a pandemic. If you don't start treating people or thinking of people as just another fellow human, there isn't, there isn't much point to life, I think. Mm. Mm. Um, so yeah. I think there has been a little bit of progress. Maybe, maybe I, I won't say it's groundbreaking, but I, I think little wins we must take and, and rejoice um, in them until we get to where we need to get to.
Yeah, it's actually a um, very good segue to our uh, last question as we're starting to get a little bit shorter on time. I love how time is, I love how time is such a different experience depending on who you're with, you know? Yeah. Like it's been yeah. two and a half minutes. Okay. So it's been two and a half minutes so far. And we're going to get to the last part, which is, um, which is, which is this question of like, what does a life worth living mean to you? And you kind of, you sort of alluded to this already with the pandemic and treating your human being, fellow human beings well, what else is there, right? But how do you think about that question? Okay, so this one, this one, I have to say, I was like, ooh, you know, I'm not, I'm not sure how to answer this. But at the same time, I think it's what you make it mean. And like, I, I like to keep, so I always say I'm, I'm good for, for a lot of things. I'm good for entertainment and emotional support. But basically, um, I think, I think. <laughs> two good things. That's the best. <laughs> if I, yeah, that's great characteristics in a friend. Okay. And. <laughs> but, I, but I think what I mean by that is you, uh, a, a life worth living is where you have, you know, a good amount of entertainment and good emotional support because the other things fall into place. I think um, we can always have ambitions and our careers will, will, will definitely soar it, you know, uh, based on the actions we take or the opportunities we seek um, or create like you did with twine. Um, but I think that if you actually take those two things and try to keep uh, life lighthearted in the midst of you know all these crazy things, including a pandemic. Uh, I, I I think um, keeping that keeping that sense of humor will really make it worth living, no matter what. Mm. Um, that's that's me. And but but also that the second bit is is even more so important is to create a network of your people, your tribe, the right kind of people, um, you know, uh, like-minded and, and also inspirational because you don't always want to stay on the same level, right? You want to forever grow. So to make it worth living, you want to keep growing mm -hmm. um, as well. Like, I feel like even meeting you and I say meeting you because somehow we're already friends, you know? I know. I can feel it. It's the world, um, the world. Like, you you know when a soul sparked. It's just, an, it's just right. a, and we've literally yeah. talked once before this. So this is why. Exactly. Exactly. To think, yeah. Yeah. To think that I've talked to you once, but I feel like, hey, uh, you know, I could do this every week and it'd be, you know, um, it'd be great. That's the point is to surround yourself with people who develop you emotionally and intellectually mm -hmm. um, and then it makes it worth living I feel also something that just occurred to me um, was to make life worth living it's so you know Jay Shetty right um, who Jay Shetty yeah uh, yes. yeah yep. uh, so, so um, so on Instagram this morning, there was a little clip of his larger episode with uh, Tom, how do you say his name? Tom Bilyeu. Um, and he was speaking about the victim mindset, right? And it made me think, as I was saying this to you now, it made me think back to that, where he was talking about, you know, you have a choice, right? Because if you, because, because you basically are a survivor or a victim, right? Um, and 
of course i'm not i'm not saying it is the same for everyone i'm just i'm just sort of giving you a um a little uh summary of it but um but if you live in that survivor mindset in that way that you're always thriving you're always like um actually not even so i'm gonna i'm gonna skip surviving i'm gonna go straight into thriving um you know if you're always thriving no matter what you're living that you're living your best life mm. you know yeah. yeah i think about a similar concept it's why i'm obsessed with the idea of freedom but less so the traditional patriotic idea of freedom, more so the idea of being able to create your own sense of freedom, no matter what circumstances exist, right? Whether that's quarantine or anything else. And I think of it literally as the ability to turn on and off whether or not you feel free, to be able to deploy freedom. I mean, there's just, there's quite a lot. But one thing I do struggle with is um, there's internal freedom and there's external freedoms. And in a world where many of these external freedoms aren't universal yet for everyone like you know it's it's much e i have to say like it's um there are, depending on your life experiences and the injustices you faced in in whatever system you've been created in or grown up in or however that works uh the likelihood of being able to find that sense of internal freedom and that survivor mentality shifts mm -hmm. from person to person and that's yeah. i think something that um i've been thinking about quite a lot because it's like it's a, it's I keep coming back to the quote like you can't be free while other people are in chains like this is just not you know and it took us I mean, it's circling all the way back it took us like years and years and years to figure out how to love ourselves which is a giant piece of freedom um but you know there's a world in which we celebrate and just say gosh I really love myself it's like an amazing experience mm -hmm. there's another world where like actually there's not not there are people who it's like the vast majority of people not only do not love themselves but don't even have the opportunity to have the time and space in mind or to do the work to even find out if they can possibly love themselves and yeah. so so we've got to circle back and do something right so that's like that's really that's the big thing yeah because that that whole i think also people shift from that victim mindset when they start showing themselves love right so it's it's kind of a it's all intertwined but you've got to like you said, it's the, you actually, used, you just hit it on the, uh, hit the nail on the head is if you don't make the space to do the work, to get through it, you don't come out on the other side. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and then it, and it's particularly difficult, um, to get past it if, the, if that's not possible. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm fully aware that this, this space to become what I am right now is a luxury. It is an incredible privilege. It required so much intention space. I mean, it's just like, it's, it's, a there's, there are many worlds, many parallel universes in which I am not here feeling mm. what I am right now. And if it, I was born just a little bit different in a different family, in a different race, different socioeconomic statuses, whatever, um, or even with a different psychological disposition. If I wasn't an optimist, if I suffered from depression, you know, there's yeah, yeah, exactly. steps from here. And so, yeah, there's quite a lot. Oh gosh, I could talk to you for ages. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was going to say because mental health plays a plays a a really important role in my life, and it's this is this is from everything from friends, family, coworkers, like all of like so many people in my life have had uh, such different experiences dependent on their mental health mm -hmm. um, and and where they are with that journey, and that has definitely affected their uh, their ability to. To give themselves that affection, and then eventually find the way from going from going through that victim.
okay, so Chitra and I thought we finished the conversation and then we ended up having a follow-up conversation and we just recorded three minutes from the end of that. So I thought, what the hell? I may as well just throw it into this episode. So enjoy the last bit of our conversation where we chat about a couple more things. It's like a bonus segment. All right. Over time with, with some of these self-development things I've done is uh, one thing is getting off the stand of your life. So like, you know, when you're in a, in a court, right? And, and you are, um, if you think of your life as the court, but you might be sitting in the stands as opposed to getting on that court and taking control. Yeah. So yeah, exactly. Get into the arena. And I think, I think it, it, it would, yeah, it would be great to start pulling a lot of people into that court mm-hmm. and, and making them have these kinds of uh, unrehearsed, unscripted conversations and just seeing what happens with it. Because it, like you say, when you're in that deep end and you can hang with those people in the deep end for longer, then you know you're in the right company. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I think of it as uh, there, um, you know how in conversations you can tell immediately if you're going to be the driver and someone's going to be a passenger? Yeah. And, uh, in my life, whenever I encounter another driver, it is probably one of the most joyous experiences ever because I know it's going to be an adventure. Like we both drive, right? Yeah. Which means that sometimes yeah. I can actually go on autopilot or go on your journey. So yeah. Um, yeah, I knew within like five seconds that you were a driver and that's, <laughs> that's the thing. And I, it's funny. I was actually, this is a, just another tangential story, but I was in a lift one day and I was doing a shared lift and um, this guy walks in and we start talking and somehow we get into deep conversations. And I was telling him this driver passenger analogy. And he was just like, he just looked at me and he goes, I want to learn how to do that drive like (laughs) right and I was thinking gosh how interesting like what if what if that was part of our educational system and because part Mm. of that is power it's it's the power to be able to create and to shift your situation so it's very much your survivor versus victim so a lot of people are like oh that was a boring conversation I hated that networking event it was like terrible and I'm just like no you just don't know how to drive if you know how to drive everything's fine right yeah so There's an element there where there's a passive versus active component. So that's just a whole nother thing that we can explore is how to be, how to drive in life. That'd be awesome. I'd love that. I'd love that. Uh, <laughs> we have like 500 things to do. I'm going to write this down too. I think the how to drive. Yeah. <laughs> so actually I, I was, I was like, I'm going to take notes. I have a pen here. I have taken no notes, but I'm going <laughs> to put it down. Yes. The how to drive. That's the question. Yeah. All right, my friend, thank you so much for this. Thank you. That's, it's been so great. Um, I, don't, I, will, I will totally come on uh, to the app sometime next week anyway, and hopefully you're around and we can do another, another session together. Um, and I'm going to, yeah, I'll, I'll send you a message and we can keep chatting. And let's figure out what we want to organize. And then also, um, oh, I have a couple ideas that we can do mm-hmm. and we can bounce these around. Now, I've been wanting to do a, uh, like a dinner party, a virtual dinner party with a tasting menu of questions and you get paired up with a partner. Oh, yes. So, yeah. So I've been like experimenting with what, so similar to the questions that we talked about today, like there's sort of, there's an order to things and there's a tasting menu order to things. So I'm just wondering mm-hmm. if we set up a tasting menu and then you have one partner, like it'd be quite fun if I pulled in a couple of my friends and then you did yours and then we just matched them to each other so they'd be new people <laughs> never met each other and we just throw a taste yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, t- I'm totally down all right uh, we can call it tapas with twine ha. oh my gosh i love that oh also wine and twine we have so many good like random names for all twine. yeah that's good too <laughs> okay lots um, of love um enjoy your visit with your parents and then we'll connect when you're back
definitely lots of love to you too take care of yourself and we'll speak soon you too thank you for having me